0: In a world of art and entertainment, we often seek deeper meaning and overanalyze the presentation. Director Paul Verhoeven often uses B-movie genre as a vehicle for complex human emotions, social satire, and shocking sex and violence. Is this genius subtext for the artist's intent, or our own imagination looking for cosmic connection where none were intended? We call call this this dilemma dilemma. The The Verhoeven Effect.
1: To the Verhoeven effect, where we reclaim youth, youth euthanasia. Not you, euth- no, yeah. I'm getting this, all right.
0: I'll just start over, just here. edit this.
1: Yeah, I can do that. Well, every time I get to reclaim, for some reason in my head, it's like, does that word say racism?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the racist vernal where we reclaim racism from the culture of <laughs> political correctness. Because we're taking Rush Limbaugh's spot.
1: And <laughs> we're still going out to YouTube. So <laughs>
0: uh, why, well, yeah.
1: All right, take two. You're listening to the Verhoeven Effect, where we reclaim enthusiasm from the in- entropy of our lives. Whatever. Anyways, uh, this is season two, episode two of the Verhoeven Effect. We are watching network television because me and Nathan do not watch network television Uh, I'm Conlon.
0: (laughs) And I'm Nathan. We're
1: watching three shows from network television. We have 2013's The Blacklist, Season 1. We have 2009's The Mentalist, because we're in Season 2 now. And we have 1985, Season 2, Miami Vice. And as always, (laughs) for this season, we start with The Blacklist. We have Season 1, Episode 2, The Freelancer, in parentheses, number 145. So this is setting up a naming repetition. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Original air date September thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. NBC Monday. Red predicts an impending catastrophe rooted by the work of an assassin called the Freelancer. Together, Liz and Red go undercover to prevent his next target, Florina Camp- Floriana Campo, from being killed. Elsewhere, wrestler and newly rehired CIA agent Amira Malik. Has been added to Red's private security detail. Keep an eye on him from the distance. Meanwhile, Liz con- considers what she should do next concerning Tom and the mysterious box she found hidden under the floorboards. Showrunner Joe Bo- John Bokenkamp, written by John Bokenkamp, directed by Jace Alexander. So we start the episode. We're at some FBI black site. They give Red's you know still you know prison and they give him the sympathy for the devil theme music from the Rolling Stone. Of course. Red gets out of the prison, and it's a disguised oil tanker. Because it's America. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, this immediately brought up, like, this gave me, like, huge, like, face-off vibes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that's this universe.
0: The, yeah, like the prison that's actually an oil derrick, where it's just, like, magnetized to the ground.
1: Yeah, well, and also just the FBI just has these ridiculous resources. Yeah, it's just like, like half that. the Defense Department budget is really
0: the FBI.
1: Uh, we get a cgi helicopter ride to dc
0: yep i noticed that i was like "Mm." just just do an interior shot Yeah, yeah just people talking you got one of the best actors you can get have him talk a lot
1: Yeah, you could do the interior. You know, yeah, maybe they're, like, seeing what they can get away with. Uh, I mean, they did have the CGI helicopter in the first episode, but just kind of, like, flew by real quick. It was a real quick, like, kind of scan of the sky, and then they just got it out of the shot really quickly. (laughs) Keen is getting a lie detector test. So is Reddington. It's, like, this interesting cut between sometimes they're finishing each other's sentences, and sometimes it's finishing other people's sentences. Yeah. Because also cutting between this mysterious dark room of people of power you have cooper who's the anti-terrorism fbi task force guy but then you have like this representative from the attorney general she's like the hard case and there's like no we're not giving a criminal on our most wanted list like just open-ended immunity from from anything (laughs) yeah and then Red has info on a future attack. He either knows about it or he helped plan it. <laughs> Cooper is trying to get Red some sort of deal that they can use him so they can use him as an asset. Uh, he gets shut down by the attorney general. And then, yeah, all Red says, like, he should probably put, like, get ambulances at this spot. It's like a railway station or something yeah and they're just looking around it's like 30 minutes late nothing happens it's like yeah let's get out of here this is all yeah you know, this is all a lie and then a runaway train comes and, and it starts like the thing where like it, it gets knocked off the track and it starts like combining together it's like man everybody there should be dead yeah just run. Uh,
0: <laughs> trains behind them they're just trucking away
1: yeah, a wrestler should be dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, because things probably moving like to derail like that, probably 100 miles an hour or something. Yeah. Just tons of rolling steel. Like, up, oh, run, here it comes. Uh, yeah, I mean, like
1: uh, everybody on
0: the train dies, I think, or most of them. Yeah, and, and, it was like but, 89 people or something.
1: But like it seemed like nobody on the ground died. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, no, everybody there should be dead. Yeah. Yeah, Keen talks to her coma husband <laughs> and she tries to wish for the best where she's like, I hope you're not in weird, involved in weird, illegal things, but I, unfortunately, I know you are.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, who doesn't have an Austrian and Swiss passport in a different <laughs> name with their picture on it and like, you know, $400,000 in a box? I mean, I do. I'm not going to tell you what countries I have the passport for cuz that would be wrong. But everyone's got a couple fake passports and a <laughs> and a gun like in Yeah, a you got to have a backup plan. Yeah, <laughs> you got to have a That's just like look, do you plan for retirement? This is also a plan.
1: <laughs> Red plays with the FBI and insists on talking to Elizabeth Keane. They have him in his little glass moving glass box again. Yeah, I love that. I think they use um, like
0: Star Wars like door opening effects. Whatever he's like <laughs> taken out it's it's like kind of like when remember when Darth Vader had his mask on but you didn't see his face in yeah. like uh empire it's like <laughs> it's like i think they just like sped that up or something cuz it's it's the same ridiculousness but it's fun yeah it's part of i'm starting to see that this show is like oh there's a lot of kitsch here it's like it's played yeah. for like you're not supposed to really critique this because of its lack of reality its lack of reality <laughs> is part of like the fun
1: yeah well yeah I, I i am taking way too many notes with the show because it throws a lot of information at you yeah not all of it is going to be used and so i'm like pausing and speculating and like every time i pause i basically make a note so i have way too many notes for this episode
0: yeah <laughs> it, it's all a giant visual misdirect <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah as you find out that the freelancer is like this guy who's an assassin but like he assassinates people by creating like large accidents so you don't know it's an assassination yeah
0: he's basically Uh, an assassin who like has the planning and logistical ability of the guy from seven but just (laughs) like he it's like oh i'm gonna kill this one person but like 200 other people are gonna die so it's just gonna look like general terrorism but it's actually a targeted assassination yeah which seems well, like Chase make it of the look ice, like but yeah. He
1: tries to make it look like an unfortunate accident. Yeah, right? or yeah,
0: or an accident.
1: But like yeah, he says like he has a 3000 body count. It's like that's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's like <laughs> 9-11 body counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just one dude. <laughs> they have a
1: a meeting in in Montreal with Reddington's contact. But it's really just this excuse that like so reddington can go to dinner with his what they're really aiming at is that that's his daughter <laughs> yeah they even say it, he's like he says like all right you're, you're gonna be my cover you're gonna be my date for tonight she's like no way it's like fine you can be my daughter it's like oh we're not even hiding it yeah, so. just <laughs> i mean it. they aren't really but yeah i mean this is what we're that's gonna be a thing is like this is the obvious thing so i wonder what's so this is what we all think it's going to be so what is it not going to be yeah <laughs> I mean, that's what it's not going to be. What's it going to be? So, yeah. then Keen asks about her husband's fake passports and guns and money. And then, yeah, he just kind of runs through. It's like, well, all those are like felonies. He's going to jail for life. So here's your two options. Oh, no, he gives the options at the end. But he just kind of sits there and like kind of puts out like, you know, this is what this stuff is worth in the under law. So, yeah. Uh, And she doesn't want to believe it. We have Keen profiles red again, uh, kind of strikes a chord or doesn't. He just kind of plays it off, like, or he just acts like it doesn't
0: affect him. But
1: we're supposed to kind of read it as true. It's like Keen's not the liar, so. Yeah. <laughs> or generally she is
0: Yeah, she has no motivation to lie to this guy or even try to, because he's probably too smart to be deceived in a big way. Yeah. Uh, or at least so far, you know. But she can't. Um, fi- she can't find all the emotional chinks in his armor. <laughs> but she's diligently chipping away
1: although it appears to be her herself Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the, i mean that's what it's all setting up it's like he's because talk, she talks about like his he's a fr- he's mad that he has a weakness uh and she doesn't know what it is but we as the audience it's like well it's her right because <laughs> that's his daughter yeah <laughs> um but they just haven't said that out loud yet so it's a mystery that's <laughs> why we get that red nose french because he orders wine in french so yes I'm pretty sure he probably knows, like, 60 languages or whatever. So.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like, this a super villain, polyglot. You know, he yeah, culturally and linguistically familiar. He can blend in anywhere in the world. Because like, he's always getting away from these people. Yeah. And just, just, like, with simple misdirects and then appearing like, oh, I'm not running. I'm just doing my job.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's what happens here is Red picks up on that uh, the FBI didn't let him alone with him and Keen at this restaurant. And so he kind of, like pulls a he walks out of there pulls a fire alarm and they're like i ran away where'd he go i was like oh we don't know and then like they go to the fbi van they opened up he's just in there like, no. hanging out <laughs> he's like oh you guys aren't good at this are you Here <laughs> <laughs> we find out that floriana compo a human rights activist advocate is the next assassin target compo's husband was killed by a cartel
0: human trafficking cartel in eastern europe yeah 'Cause it has a weird um, name that doesn't sound Eastern European at all. What's it called? The something syndicate.
1: It's like an Eberton or something like that. I didn't write it down because I didn't pick it up because they only mentioned it like two times.
0: Yeah, it just it had a weird name. It, just, it sounded like a like some a group that like did like investment strategies or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah.
1: The Oberton group. Yeah. <laughs> we we sex traffic.
0: <laughs> we can fulfill all your needs. Investment strategy, industrial <laughs> espionage. Sex trafficking. We will pick up the work of the Epstein network.
1: <laughs> the profit margins are huge.
0: <laughs> yeah. No unions in sex work. <laughs> uh, it's. It, I
1: wrote down. It's like kind of. It's kind of the day of the jackal s. Except we just never see the killer's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> He's just yeah. a threat. So that's kind of a. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Kind of ominous over the the episode where you just like. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know who he is. You don't know what's going to happen. So it's a it's a good setup for the episode.
0: Aberhart cartel. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So start with an E. Yeah. Okay. Looks German.
1: Sometimes in the subtitles, things get weird.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I, <laughs> so, I know. That's why I put the subtitles on. But sometimes they like spell things differently. <laughs> so, even the same word is spelled differently. So
0: yeah, it's it's um, kind of. I, I mainly listen at high volume. Because <laughs> I'm usually like assembling tracks on a tank or something while I'm listening. So,
1: Red, this we have kind of a montage back in where they're talking with the um, the lady from the Attorney General's office. It's Diane Fowler. Uh, Red insists on the immunity. He has a tracking chip surgically implanted in him. It's like in
0: his neck, uh, and it's a tracking chip like the FBI's never heard of, but it's yeah. <laughs> something DARPA invented. It's like, okay, wow.
1: He gets a security detail. One of them is uh Dembe. Uh, just one name. He's he's a Sudanese freedom fighter. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we get Luli Zing, uh, or Zeng. Um, she has a PhD in economics from Stanford, and apparently she's like just a, a badass and hides money, but nobody can catch her. She's too smart,
0: and so. she hates men for some reason, except yeah, yeah. for Reddington for some reason. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, she uh, hates men. Like it just immediately came out like. She really, really <laughs> hates men. It's like, okay, why? What? How's this? And you, apparently, she's going to develop later as a character because, like, she doesn't do much but show up in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. but then the attorney general insists on Mira Malik, who is a CIA agent. Diane Fowler once brought in. Yeah, and then once that happens, and Fowler signs off on the deal, uh, Reddington meets his his crew. <laughs> Uh, he kisses both the guards. He kisses Dimbe like on the cheeks. And they seems like he seems like a fun guy, but when you hear that he's a Sudanese freedom fighter, you know darkness is in his past.
0: Yeah. So it's like him and Reddington <laughs> seem genuinely happy. Like they embrace yeah. like, Oh wow, these guys really like something he must have really saved his life once or something.
1: And then he kisses Lily on the mouth and that's super weird. So Yeah, hey, and then he turns around. She hates men. Yeah. <laughs> Just to let wrestler know, you know. <laughs> And then Red meets Mira and guesses that she's a CIA agent. She's like British or Indian, I don't know.
0: Indian, Indian actress. She doesn't sound yes. Indian.
1: I, I, I don't know where like locationally where she's from. Yeah, because like you can get both that accent from either India or from Britain. But you know she's a CIA agent, so it can be a mystery. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, then they go to a New York party that is like a human. It's like a New York party, but it's also like a human trafficking awareness benefit party. So. Yeah.
0: Which uh, sounds like, you know, something that would actually happen.
1: Yeah, just but it just seems money. weird. So. Yeah, it is
0: weird. <laughs> well, it turns out it's really weird. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we have a survivor who makes a speech. They moved the location to what throw What was the off survivor's
0: and... name? Melania Trump. She had that kind of accent. <laughs> uh, I, wasn't I didn't sure. write it down. I just like, yeah. oh, Melania. I wrote down Melania Trump.
1: Uh, red and the team are like scanning the room for suspicious people. And then the, the waiter gets pointed out as the freelancer Uh wrestler chases the guy down into like a corner on a balcony. And then the dude just jumps and then wrestlers just apparently shooting at nothing. Cause he misses him.
0: Yeah. Wrestler wow. is really careless for being in <laughs> New York city and an FBI agent for like just firing. Like that will yeah. hit someone statistically. Yeah. But we're just, gonna that's what fire. I was thinking about. because.
1: like, because like when you read like police like when you read famous police reports about like lots of shootings, basically every bullet is accounted for. Yeah. And here it's like, yeah, of course nobody's doing that. There's no after action port was like, you fired your gun, you need to fill out some paperwork. Like that never happened. At least we don't see it, but you know. It just, I mean that would just it's not necessary, but it just like he jumps off the balcony and just like he's not even pointing down at him, he just fires his gun off straight. Just to let them know. You got to let them know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. As someone who's like uh, fired a lot of guns and like learned about a lot of the legal stuff about using guns, like that's a big thing. It's like, don't just know what your target is, know what's behind it because your chances of missing under stress are really high. And when I see these shows where people are in like some of the most densely populated areas in the United States, just bam, 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 bam. And like, you might as well be holding it sideways and doing it. It's like, he would never do that in real life.
1: Well, there's also a bit where he catches up to him. And I think he's like, he's down below and the freelancer is like up on like some walkway. And he's like shooting through the walkway. You can't see. Well, and maybe you can see through the walkway, but even then like he doesn't know.
0: Yeah. You don't know. You could like kill the guy, two stories up drinking wine, you know, it's, (laughs) And he could be like the the mayor of New York, you know, because there was a big party. Uh, yeah, it's it's silly. I mean, I know why they do it because it's exciting, but it's still yeah, yeah. on some level. I'm it's not like,
1: I'm not I just, I don't know. I think there's a better way to do it rather than to just have people. It's like he shot off a gun that makes it exciting. Like give him some and att- in, like intention. Like, uh, yo, know, I had a good shot. I scanned the area. There's nobody else around, and then have like a bullet like ping off near the guy rather than he's just gunshots in the air <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i do i do like those movies where it's like oh it's an intense chase and it's like oh, i can't like the guy has his gun out and he's like oh shoot him you're thinking yeah you've built up to this point shoot him but he's in a crowd and the guy's like ah and he doesn't shoot because that's what you would really do unless yeah. you're like you know what was the guy the uh, clint eastwood you know it's like that guy never cared because he always hit everything he shot at because it was a movie but uh yeah, it's a,
1: one of the like one of my like favorite shootouts of like oh, this is probably in two thousands, probably not even two thousand ten, but um it's so the one with Clive Owen with about like selling nuclear arms to like India and Pakistan.
0: Okay. I
1: can't remember what it's called. Um
0: isn't it more but, like a bank name? It's like the name of a bank or yeah, something. Finance yeah. something. Yeah, I know what um, you are talking about.
1: And they they have this shootout in like a, a replica of the Guggenheim Museum, which is like this spiral staircase, but it's a very large spiral. And like there's people in there, and this is very interesting shootout because it's like because of the dynamics of how the staircase works and ducking behind things and shooting at people with submachine guns and stuff. It's a very cool like shootout scene.
0: Like like the Um, one I liked that captured it the most was like of course Heat. Yeah. Like when they come out of the bank, it's like yeah the bad guys are gonna hammer away like maniacs because they don't care who they hit, and they're also firing fully automatic weapons, and the police are shooting back. But it's a lot more like, and they show innocent they're, people they're, just they're, falling over. Yeah,
1: they're sh- but they're shooting like semi-auto. Yeah,
0: because they're aiming. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're just not spraying the crowd down to cause chaos.
1: Hey, yeah, that's just a nitpick of guns. And we
0: and diverge stuff. into gun talk again.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, the freelancer gets hit by a car while running away. It's also when Keen, like,
0: well, Keen hits he, him with the taxi. She, uh, what do they call it? No, no.
1: He gets hit by a regular car. She's in the middle of like taking a taxi from the guy.
0: Oh, I thought she, she was the one who hit him with the taxi.
1: No. Cause she like, I believe. Cause I was a bit confused. Cause she's starting to take over the taxi and then she looks over. Then he's hit by the car. And then she's like, "Never mind."
0: Oh, okay.
1: I think that's what happens. I'm not sure.
0: I was a bit confused there. Yeah, I thought she hit him with the taxi, but okay, that's what I yeah, thought.
1: Yeah, you, you, you see, yeah, you see her start to like what you, uh, what do you call that when the,
0: Like get out of the car, I'm, police or yeah, that kind yeah, of she's stuff.
1: Just reprimanding the car, but then like at the end of requisitioning, it, kind of, yeah, right, and then but then she never
0: actually gets in
1: the taxi or drives it. You just see her standing outside of it again. So I assumed it's like, oh, she was going on the chase, but then he got hit by a car, so it kind of ends there. The, free, the freelancer gets interrogated while he has a compound fracture. Yeah, which was and a little like grim
0: the, for network TV because they show yeah. the bones sticking out of his leg. Uh,
1: wrestler's just kind of like yelling at him, but Mira takes over and she's torturing the guy. Yeah,
0: because she's like, well, he works for the FBI. I work for the CIA. You understand that what they say, there's different levels here. And yeah, she just grabs his bone. <laughs> And then, like, stares at him, like, okay, now, you know, now, because you're going to bleed to death. This, the compound fractures always bleed. And she's, like, grabbing his exposed bone and, like, pushing on it.
1: And then this is where he gives up that Reddington hired him. Yeah. Um, I wrote down, so maybe he's not the freelancer, but I guess by the end of it, he is. Yeah. it's Actually, the, I don't know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the title is the misdirect. <laughs> you think it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to take down all these people on the blacklist, but, like. What get, who gets taken down is not a person on the blacklist.
0: Yeah, it's actually Red's list of <laughs> like, oh, the, yeah, because you find out that Florina is is actually you know evil.
1: Uh, yeah, Wrestler thinks that Redingtons wants Floriana dead, and then you see Red is alone with Floriana, and because yeah, we're down because I think we're supposed to be on Red's side. That means that now Floriana is the bad guy, and that's
0: exactly what's going on.
1: Uh, she's the one running the sex trafficking business. King goes to Floriana's room and pulls a gun on Denbe. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, he like sticks it in his face. Because cause, cause the FBI agent's there, it's Denbe, and, and she just pulls a gun out sticks it in his face like, let me in, and he immediately like lets her in. Because that's what he was Not talking casually. about. casually, he isn't yeah. scared or anything. No, nah, no, he's used to, like... to having guns stuck in his face.
1: Yeah. Then Floriana is drugged, I wrote question mark lethally, <laughs> and then yeah, it turns out, yeah. Oh
0: Yeah, that was actually a great line in the end.
1: Red wants Floriana to confess to get the antidote that he has, and then Keen stabs Floriana in the throat with a pin, uh, so she can like get airflow Yeah, it. poison
0: is. She thought that sometimes poison closes off your throat. Yeah, and Red immediately like, what is it with you and pins and stabbing people? Because that happened to him. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Two episodes of the road she stabs someone in the uh, neck. which I
0: thought was great. Is like, yeah, that's like, yeah. who does this?
1: Yeah. But I guess I it's to establish it something time.
0: about her that like <laughs> she's not afraid to get into the guts. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, and then Floriana nods to admit that the crimes that uh,
0: she's actually the one who runs the Everhart cartel.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Keen administers the antidote. Also, there's a thing early on where like Keen talks to Floriana, and she's trying to get on Floriana's like side, like because Floriana doesn't want all this protection. She's like, I have my security detail. And, uh, and she, like, convinces her to, like, get help on the FBI by saying that, like, she did her thesis on the work she did. Yeah. Now, I
0: I I just took that as a lie. Do you think that's true? <laughs> I don't. See, that's the thing we don't know. Because there's a lot of stuff like that in this show <laughs> that I can tell seems like throwaway stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh, because I saw that as, like, well, I'm a psychiatrist or whatever she is is like I'm going to how do I appeal to this person? Oh, I tell this story like you inspired me yeah. as a young woman. I didn't think it was true. It might be. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. So I'm just assuming she's using <laughs> manipulation techniques, which is what this whole the whole premise the show is built on.
1: <laughs> but then she's sitting on the bench at the end and she's like reflecting about all, another lie in her life. So I don't know, like so maybe that was true that
0: Yeah. Uh, she did her thesis on it. <laughs> Floriana dies and the antidote was a lie. <laughs>
1: Well, then she thinks
0: it's real because she gives it to her yeah. and she still dies. Yeah. And then her and Red are talking like a day later on a bench somewhere. And he was, she was, he was, she was like, what, you know, we only have that. She, you know, her confession. Like, you know, it turns out it was true, but what if that antidote had worked? What else would you have found out? And he was like, there was no antidote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was dead as soon as I gave her the poison. And yeah. an antidote was just another lie, which shows what like he's capable of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down the line. One of the lines he says, he said, she prayed on the weak and the innocent while dressed in the wings of a savior, <laughs>
0: yeah, which is easy that's, that's extra f- <laughs> <up>.
1: <laughs> then we have another like another montage of stuff Keen puts the box. oh yeah uh, this at the end of this, this is where red gives that there's only two options like don't tell anybody or turn your husband in and then Ke- and then um red's like, but maybe there's a third option and just walks away, yeah. And then Keen puts the box of stuff back under the floorboards. You know, she gets a crew come in to recarpet the, the, the room. And then her husband wakes up. She takes him back home. Uh, there's another quick shot where they're like in the locker room. Wrestler sees uh, an Everton cartel symbol on Dembe's back, suggesting he was trafficked by the cartel. And then Red enjoys a night at a restaurant. Keen goes to her bloody husband's clothes and finds a USB stick and an envelope labeled Elizabeth Keen Profile. So you think it's sinister here, but it's a video from the adoption agency where she, where he describes Elizabeth in a positive light.
0: So yeah, because like why? Because like I thought they couldn't have children, but then it turns yeah. out like no, she doesn't want to have children when there's so many children that need to be adopted. It was well, like also like her thing.
1: All the people in her family, she just so she doesn't trust her genetics to carry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, she comes from to a, carry a child for really screwed so up like, family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so she'd rather just adopt a child. 'Cause her, her dad and, and, and the peacekeeper's dad were the same guy, I guess. I don't know. It's it's reference to another show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, Peacekeeper. Is that a different guy on the Blacklist? Oh, no, it's a it's a HBO okay. show.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. So yeah, again, again a, a fun, crazy episode yeah. of, of the blacklist.
0: Yeah, it's like a lot of dark stuff but with enough uh intrigue. Yeah, it just it keeps you interested. James uh, Spader. Spader, yeah.
1: Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. He can, he pretty much carries the day cuz he's just the fun character who's like just kind of living outside of everything and commenting on stuff.
0: Well, here it's like the super villain on the same side as the good people. Yeah. But also like you, know, you don't know what this guy's agenda is and he is a corrupting influence either way cuz it's like I live this wonderful life. I have these nice clothes. I eat at nice restaurants. I speak multiple languages. You know, I'm a, I'm an international criminal, but, you know, um, for some reason I'm helping you. And it's like, yeah, that's always corruptive.
1: But then I was also thinking, like, did he set up the train thing? I mean, he's suggesting he didn't. So that was just another side job for the freelancer.
0: Yeah, but you never know. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, not to. The show rigs you up to mentally to not trust so completely that it's like that's going to be. Like the twist for the viewer is like, oh, you didn't believe when you should have believed and you did believe when you shouldn't have. But, you know, it's it's yeah, I I can tell what it's doing. I just can't. You know, I don't have enough information to put it all together. But yeah. Yeah.
1: And so for our second show, we have The Mentalist Season 2, Episode 2, The Scarlet Letter. Uh, They seem to be going back to the red thing in the the, the title of the show. Uh, which I, I I last week it was named Redemption. It's like, oh yeah, red is in redemption. <laughs> They're at a bridge. The victim is Kristen Marley. She worked for a state senator, but she's been missing for three days and rumored affair with the senator's husband. Uh she fell off a bridge. Rigsby jokes about it being a suicide because it ends their investigation. And then Vampel gets weird and says nothing's worse than suicide. Uh, probably implicating that Van Pelt probably has a rash of suicides in her family. That are, <laughs> or she's I don't just know. super religious. I,
0: Van Pelt's always like the the beacon of, because yeah. uh, every because like she she remember like uh, the first season the 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 lady was a witch or whatever and it's like yeah, it's yeah spiritualism and belief can be powerful and of course Jane's like oh you're just a mark you know it's just <laughs> like so it seems like anything like that that happens where people are are cold or indifferent. Like Van Pelt, like no, this is a real loss of life, and it's like she does. She's apparently a senior cop who's done pol- a lot of police investigative work, but she has no like patience for gallows humor or indifference, which is like <laughs> totally not. It's like oh, if you're just taking this all in and you don't have any escape valve, Van Pelt, you're going to explode like a sun because you've yeah, seen well, so much death and murder. That <laughs> yeah, I
1: thought that like it's. It seems like they just reset her character. Like she had like sh- she's naive. And, but they had like kind of character growth throughout the first season where it seemed like she'd be less naive, but they seemed to like reset that and double down on the naivety. It's like we need somebody to be kind of stupid, but for we don't need them to be actually stupid,
0: we just need them to be naive or just set, yeah, have like a strange belief sets and stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, Jane is tired and sleepy on the ride over, that doesn't really like add up to anything, it's just a moment to have for he.
0: Well, he's been up all night trying to infiltrate. Uh, oh, that's right. The other yeah, guy's investigation, uh, Bosco's investigation into Red John. I mean, that's, I'm just guessing.
1: Actually, that's that's probably spot on. I missed that. Yeah, you're right because it gets brought up later on. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So we have, we have, they go down to the body and they're kind of like debating things with the the coroner, uh, and the coroner's like yeah we don't uh yeah we'll let science tell we can't tell what it is right now but like yeah jane because the coroner's
0: to... a real ass to jane it's like oh and where did you get your degree in forensic <laughs> science from and you know jane of course has some snappy comeback like oh i didn't but i can read your mind and he says what uh, does he make he says because so lisbon and and uh, uh van Pelt are there and and he's like oh what am i thinking he's like oh, you're going to your, your fantasy island where these two are your concubines. And it was something weird <laughs> like that, and the guy's like, huh? And, 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 yeah, it's...
1: Also, I wonder if this guy will get brought... So, like, that guy's his name's George Weiner,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you'll, mem- you'll remember him probably most as he's Dark Helmet's right-hand man in Spaceballs. Yeah, I
0: do. I did recognize him. <laughs> I knew he was, like, a movie actor. <laughs> I didn't uh, put it together with that, but, yeah, now that you say it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's who that is.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, I was like, who is that guy? It's like, oh, yeah, he's been in tons of things, but that's what I'd most known him for. Yeah, that's where, like, that Jane basically says that it's a, a murder because he picks up on a bunch of context clues, that like she only has one shoe, Uh it leads, leads speculation about her being murdered because, like, who jumps with one shoe? Yeah. Uh, then they're back in Sacramento. They meet with Senator Melinda Batson. Uh, Elliot Batson is the husband, and he's also his wife's chief of staff. Uh, Jane snooping around and looks at a, looks at a picture that I wrote down. Has he solved the crime already? Not necessarily. A lot of picture looking, but doesn't he doesn't isn't it solve the crimes purely from the pictures in this? That's just kind of there. Libson interviews the senator couple. They're kind of weird about it, like they're coming up with lies on the fly.
0: Yeah, the senator and his wife just seem like weirdos right away. Yeah, and you find out later why, but it's like, oh, okay, because you think it's. Like, they're lying, they are, but they're also, like, it's for different reasons than you think.
1: Uh, yeah, Jane comes in and just immediately insults them, as per usual. So yeah. that's the end of the conversation. And then when they're walking outside with Minnelli, the CBI boss, shows up with Walter Crew, uh-huh. played by Paul Michael Glazer, Starsky from Starsky & Hutch, who yep. directed the Miami Vice episode this week. He also He's uh, Melinda's dad, and he also used to be a representative as well. And then Lisbon is late to a meeting with her psychiatrist and it's like required after a shooting incident, but he's not signing off on her as being well enough. Well, I mean, she can still do a job. It's like, he's like, ah, you still need counseling. Well,
0: it keeps, she keeps blowing off as her, her counseling sessions. Yeah. yeah. And it's like as many ah. people as she shot in the first season, she should be seeing this guy constantly. Yeah. yeah, she yeah, a team yeah of she's, she's the one with
1: the body count on the crew.
0: <laughs> yeah. The one she's like, seeing I, counseling for is the guy Jane shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing. But also <laughs> okay. the guy she didn't shoot. Jane has a weird moment with his couch, but it, it ends up being uh important.
0: Yes. <laughs> but he's like, Ah, oh, the
1: couch is in the wrong place, and he gets like a janitor to come over and move it to the right spot. So that's where we find out that uh, Kristen collects sand, but it's really she just correct collects knickknacks or memories and stuff. So um uh, so she might have collected something from a killer. Jane's distracted by Bosco because he sees he has a folder and he's like, Oh, he's got something new in the Red John case. And then Jane inserts himself in Bosco's office and Bosco tells him to stop asking, hacking his passcode. So he yeah. was looking for his passcode. <laughs> but Jane denies that he did it. So it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Then we find, yeah, so we, cut, we cut to like Cho and Rigsby, and this is where we find out that Cho's going out with the niece of the lady from the lockboxes from season one finale. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. They're going to interview Charlotte, who's the stepmom of uh, of uh, Kristen Harlan's her stepbrother. But he's like, they talk about it like he's just kind of in the wind. But Cho and Rigsby sense something's weird, and they just kind of wait outside a moment. Well, of, they look of, in
0: the of, ashtray, yeah. and they see there's both filtered and unfiltered cigarettes in it. Yeah. And Cho or, Cho or Rigsby, or one of them, was like, does she smoke both kinds? It's like, no. And then they're taking a bet, like, closet or under the bed. You know, they're like, where is he hiding? <laughs> And they just walk back in, and there he is.
1: Yeah, they ask. Yeah, they arrest him, and they're like, "Hey, where were you hiding?" And they're like, "In the closet." It's like, hi, I win." It's like we never made a bet. Yeah. And Harlan's a scumbag, but that's probably misdirected. So.
0: Yeah, he seems like, oh yeah, this guy did it. And even if he did, and I want him to have done it because I don't <laughs> like him, it's just every white trash meth head that you know inhabits and Southern Calif- or California.
1: And then we have a really weird moment where like they're they're intervening Harlan, and they kind of leave, and then. Va- Lisbon basically tells Van Pelt to flirt with the suspect. Yeah, they (laughs) want to buy time to search his
0: car, and (laughs) and so like Van Pelt like undoes a button on her shirt and like pushes (laughs) her boobs up and goes in there like, "Hi, I don't think you did it." You know, just actually does a good job of yeah, yeah. like uh, lying to this guy.
1: Yeah. Cause he could see her just like fumbling it. it's like, ah, Van Pelt screwing this up again. But then she ends up like kind of actually pulling it off. It's like, ah, let's just go through the timeline. Okay. And he's like, yeah, sure.
0: Can I have a chip? And she eats one of his chips. And like, mm. I don't know if she licks uh, her lips, but it's like, oh yeah, Van Pelt is a cop. She's got a badge and a gun and everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but here she gets to be a high school teenager. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a little bit of tension between Van Pelt and Rigsby for, because of this, uh, yeah we're just like they're just disappointed it's like ah we were flirting jane goes to walter Cruz's house because he has a theory that he hasn't presented yet where he thinks maybe he did it because you know a man of power and a narcissist so you know he would sleep with kristen and maybe (laughs) maybe kill her yeah then we cut to cho and rigsby searching the car and cho picks a lock with a hanger (laughs) uh and they find the missing missing shoe in the trunk and Jane goes to Kristen's office and like packs it up and brings it to CBI HQ yeah and Then it's like uh, Jane leaves Lisbon a message like on her answering machine and puts something in her desk um and then he's like there's something important I left on the case because they have to uh the the boss comes in uh, with Manelli and he basically gives him an ultimatum it's like he's like oh so this Harlan guy did it it's like well let's arrest him and be done with it and it basically gives him like till the morning to like find an alternative theory
0: yeah because this case involves like the people being killed that are that are like part of like state senators in california politics like their boss is really on them to like yeah let's get this done we don't need (laughs) these problems uh it's
1: well also said that that walter when he was a senator like basically kept the the cbi like well funded yeah yeah. so they so he feels like he owes him a favor (laughs) yeah
0: which is always good for police work.
1: Yep. <laughs> quid, quid pro quo. Yep. For justice. <laughs> and so, yeah, basically waiting for somebody to come in. And it ends up the janitor is going through the desk. And he looks for the special thing that Jane left. And it's just a note that says, aha. Yep. <laughs> and then, then Jane and, and Lisbon, like, kind of pop out of the darkness. The headquarters have, like, closed down for the night. And this is, like, the, like, dusk or something yeah and Jane figured it out from the couch being moved that like the structure holding up the lights had like a bug in it, and he found that, uh, and then the chair pulls a knife on Jane
0: because <laughs> yeah, this guy to basically... his throat yeah, because this guy's talking like kind of an immigrant, yeah like when he's the janitor, he's like, "Oh no, I just clean, I clean." And then when he's like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, you got me, like he talks like everyone else, and he immediately has a knife to Jane's throat and makes Lisbon yeah. handcuff herself to the door and throw her keys away.
1: Uh, and then, like, some other cops are coming in, so the guy runs away, and then uh, Lisbon tells Jane to chase after the janitor, and he's like, no, that's not what I do, and then yeah. he accidentally goes.
0: <laughs> Jane immediately, <laughs> like, yeah, danger, no, I'm like the thinking guy.
1: Uh, the janitor tries to hit Jane with a car, and he misses, and he gets T-boned by a truck. Yep. And then we cut to Walter, Melinda, and her husband are brought in to be questioned. Melinda is suddenly gay. Uh, yeah weird
0: yeah. like turn cause yeah. well that's what um, cause remember earlier in the episode Jane was like yeah there is something weird with them there's nothing between them like he said it to their yeah. face like there's nothing going on between you two yeah. there's like so who who's having sex with who you know he he didn't say it like that but he's like oh the husband it obviously paints the husband as like he is you know there's some marriage of convenience and he's just screwing around on everyone well yeah. well it turns out it's the other way around <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, they, they set that up, so it's it's fine. It's just, uh, I don't know. There's an affair, but be- and it involves between them. It's like, oh, okay, that's it. I'll Also, but, start but to it down gets s-
0: weird though because like her dad, what's his name? The big guy, big shot, uh, uh, Walter. Yeah, Walter. Like that's his daughter, and this guy is is a paid beard for her like her husband yeah. like his dad yeah. just set this up like you get money to pretend to be her husband because she's actually a lesbian and i'm thinking in california politics that wouldn't hurt you <laughs> to be a woman yeah. and a lesbian it's like why this elaborate like dance is okay
1: yeah also i wrote down because jane is like talking about Kristen, but like in a in a hypothetical negative light it was like what the what she actually means so when you use the word strumpet yeah, <laughs> which I've never—I think I've heard before, but I actually don't it's know an what that means. Old
0: it, term, okay. It's basically like a, like a slut. It's like kind of a way okay, to yeah. say that it's somebody who's or you know a good time gal. There's those are older names like yeah. from the Roaring Twenties or something.
1: But this is basically where or Melinda is like admitting to killing. Uh, Chris. Also, like they're they're posed with there's a video of the janitor in the interrogation room yeah it's like ah he spilled the beans all right you better talk so this is important (laughs) because it's crazy um yeah because i thought um, it
0: was something else at first (laughs) but
1: that's where like melinda reveals that like she's basically doing like private eye stuff on her own to see like where christian's going it's like can a senator just do that (laughs) would she have time yeah yeah and yeah she killed her uh this crime of passion walter called in the fixer to fix it uh then they reveal that the fixture in the interrogation room is dead the whole time (laughs) they just propped him up
0: yeah because they had him in there and he looked like he was sitting in the interrogation room with his head down kind of in his chest and it's like oh he's not saying anything because he's smart enough to know that walter can just hire a lawyer and get him out of all this or, or it'll, you know, th- lawyers can twist things. It's like, this guy's not going to confess. So I thought what they were doing was like, they were saying what he was saying, but really he was like, get me my lawyer. I'm not talking to you. No, it turns out he's dead. <laughs> they just have a corpse <laughs> propped up in the interrogation room, which is like, well, that's weird, but all right, that works too. That's It's not what I thought it was going to be, I guess. So it yeah. surprised me. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, that was like crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs>
0: Ah, we weekend at Bernie's, yeah, Bernie's, Jeff, or however. Yeah, we got you.
1: Yeah, Manelli's like, yeah, he gives the team a talking to. It's like he puts them on notice again. It's like, yeah. like that's that's crossing the line. Don't do that again. It's like, oh, we will, sir. We're creative.
0: Yeah, no more corpse stuff. <laughs> it's really hard to get that to hold up in court. Of course, everything they do would be like it'd be the most amazing story ever. If told once.
1: <laughs> yeah. Van Pelt and Rigsby like flirt to no progress. Cause Rigsby's like trying to ask her out and then they're just, nah, we can't. So, we continue that. <laughs> well, they won't. They. Yeah. And then here I pause, like Jane's taking donuts over to Bosco's office and you see him put the donuts down donuts down and i saw him move his hand like to the other side desk and i just immediately paused like he put that listening device underneath his desk (laughs) Yep, (laughs) saw that one (laughs) uh yeah he did and then he's like listening on like the red john meeting that they're having but it's very just like meticulous detail about like wound descriptions so it's not even like
0: yeah it's like we got two handwriting experts one from dc one local neither of them agree and (laughs) <laughs> it's like what does a guy from dc say and then the camera pulls out and then it's jane listening on that bug now bosco does say hey get those donuts take them like as far as far <laughs> away <laughs> as you can get them because i know this guy's yeah. doing something but it was a, yeah. another jane misdirect pay attention to the donuts not the bug <laughs> yes
1: yeah, so that's in the yeah a good episode right? yeah that, that, that last act reveal of the guy being dead the whole the whole time was great so. yeah
0: that was a little even though people did the The people that were like uh got fooled by it were like, What? You did what?
1: (laughs) That can't be allowed. (laughs) But he was dead. We checked his vitals, yeah. Yeah. He tried to kill us. We can do whatever we want with him. Yeah. He's in custody and he's dead. (laughs) This
0: isn't violating a corpse or anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can't read you can't read Miranda rights to a corpse. They have no rights. And so for our final show, we have my advice season two episode two. Uh, so this is the uh, Prodigal Sun part two. It's split up on Peacock that way. I think it was originally broadcast as a two-parter episode, but in reruns it's, or it was broadcast as one like TV movie, but in reruns, I believe it's split into two parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have the same air date as September 27, 1985. Um, Crockett and Tubbs travel to New York to take down a powerful Colombian cartel. Showrunner Michael Mann, Daniel Pine, uh, written by Daniel Pine, directed by Paul Michael Glazer, who, like, as we said, he was an actor in the previous in the yeah. Mentalist episodes.
0: 20 years prior. <laughs> yeah, weirdly. It's like, it's still working.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he should be behind the camera by then. Now he's uh, back in front of the camera. Hey, He was good in that episode, so, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Still an and I, I I managed to, like, look, because I know, like, it seemed like they talked they talk down about, like, TV directors and stuff, and I was like, how much do TV directors make? Cause it, I, cause every once in a while, I look at the TV director to see like, you know, what their previous work was see if like they went on to do things with Miami vice. There's a bunch of people that went on to do stuff, but not necessarily with these other shows. These other shows are kind of like, Oh, they direct a lot of TV. You yeah. Know, that's what they do. Uh, but they don't like, it's not like they're directing like the, like some of these guys like they direct like six episodes a year. It's like, can you make a living off of that? And so I was like, it's all the base pay for television directors is like between like 25 to $42,000 an episode. Okay. So, <laughs> so you can, you can direct six episodes. Yeah. You're not <laughs> you living in, half a million you're not
0: living in like, on Maui or anything, but you're doing pretty good.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you've got consistent work, man, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some guys that were go through the Miami Vice stuff where it's like, like oh, they also directed, you know, episodes of NCIS. So, like they just kept being television directors.
0: Yeah. So you do one, then you do the other, then you do the other. Before you know, you made a million
1: bucks. Yeah, yeah. So so it might not be prestige work, but hey, ah. that's good money. stuff.
0: So. look, ninety nine percent of the country. I mean, you know, what I do isn't prestige work, but it does pay the bills, <laughs> and it isn't this. Uh so I don't well, know. I feel
1: like television directors, like you know, with with movies there's a lot of auteur stuff into it where it's like you know you give way too much credit to a director of a movie especially if they wrote and direct it then it's like well everything flows to them which i think really only person that you kind of do that with is like james cameron because he literally teaches himself how to do everything and does everything on the film
0: yes yes
1: (laughs) and that, but like yeah there's but there's some stuff where it's like you give too much credit credit to the to the director whereas in television like like we said in the first season, a lot of the credit goes to the showrunners because yes. they kind of, like, pick up on the stories. You know, you kind of go through them, like, like style and look and, like, character stuff. So it's, like, all filters to them, which is kind of, like, on a movie set, that's kind of the director's job. So here a, on TV, television, a director's job is kind of, like, just to, you know, corral the cats of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> get,
0: get, the, get, get the get the writers get together. The Let's get the actors together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you, and you have multiple directors cause you have like, so you can have multiple planning stages that happen concurrently. So you're kind of just snapping through the stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, you occasionally get stuff like where it was a Carrie Fukunaga who did like all the episodes for the first season of um, true detective. Okay. And that one, that was a, and that was a real triumph because you could tell I mean, there's some episodes that are wildly different, but you could tell the consistency of the direction to that first season. Whereas the second season, they use multiple directors and he's like, oh, there's a difference here. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> but also like that guy probably had like a crazy schedule because he had to be bothered basically for every episode. But I mean, oh, he only yeah.
0: shot 10 episodes. so Yeah. Yeah. But that was almost also an art piece just in a different way. Yeah. One of the best TV shows ever made in my opinion. First season. Yeah. True yeah. Detective was amazing. Everything else, not so much. But, you know, first one was great.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, back to my advice. Oh, talk yeah, uh, about part part
0: this, uh, part one, part two. This was shot, this was played as the NBC Sunday night movie when it came out. Uh, okay, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't aired in its normal time slot. Yeah. So, that was, uh, that was I don't know if we, talk, if we mentioned that.
1: No, I, I didn't mention that. I just saw I, but I did see that trivia.
0: So. And it was Paul Michael Glazer's idea to do it that way. He suggested it to Michael Mann. And said, oh, okay. Yeah, we should do this as like a big opener because really, as we can, as, well, as we come. I, I thought I did
1: something similar with the first season. I thought like, because I thought the the um, the pilot was like shown as like a TV movie, but then like the the uh, Sullivan show didn't like come out till like like a month later.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it was. Okay, this was just the kickoff to Miami Vice, but yeah. it was Sunday night instead of Friday. It's usual Friday night time.
1: Because like, back in that day, you would have things where it's like you'd shoot a pilot and they just air it randomly. And like, did we get Did people seem to like it? And then you would green light the show based on like that. Yeah. So they don't really do that anymore. They kind of like you have just mysterious stuff where they, you know, audience polls or whatever in the background. And now we're, we're getting negative reviews of this. So we better we'll just cancel the show now.
0: Yeah. It's it canceled after three episodes or some weird stuff like that
1: or or doesn't even make it to to air. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's cuz I was looking up stuff for Seinfeld and it's like uh it said Seinfeld started in 1989. I was like, "Really?" And then I saw it's like, "Oh no, the pilot aired in like July 1989 and then in 1990 in March
0: the first season started."
1: <laughs> so I was like, "Huh, okay, that's crazy." Yeah. Television back then was done differently.
0: So. Yeah. It's also a lot more expensive to make, too. Yeah. And you also had just you had movies, which you saw in theaters, and then you had the you know the big networks had all the money, so it's not the same as it is now.
1: I was also thinking like I don't know this personally, but like you know, I always hear about on podcasts and stuff and and um, commentaries, but they talk about um, pilot season.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I don't know when that happens, but it's basically like you know Hollywood's coming down television needs a bunch of new shows and so like they have all these pilots in production and like almost none of them are going to go to actually like to um to full production and do a whole season but you need to be ready and it's like so we hear about like pilot season like you know it's ah, the gyms are filled up because everyone's trying to get all all buff or thin or whatever it is, for, yeah. So they can look all pretty for the, the pilot because you can you can make a ton of money. You can shoot like eight pilots, yeah. Because <laughs> hey, I don't know if any of them are going to get picked up, and so yeah, yeah, you, know, you can make a lot of money uh, around pilot season. Although that's also still different, but um, I believe there's still a pilot season. But also, like yeah, also back then, like reruns were meant for summer, uh, and no new shows were sh- shown during the summer. That was rerun time. And nowadays there are shows all year round, like new productions year round. So, um, so anyway, we're, we're still in New York, of course. Yep. Uh, Tubbs and Crockett mull over a business with Penn Jillette. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to, cause he's kind of like scared that like, ah, things are going to get dangerous. And then get gets some cigs out of a cigarette machine. When he gets some lucky strikes. Yep. Uh, and then, and then some dudes pop out with Mac 10, some machine guns <laughs> Uh, Tubbs and Crockett kill two of the gunmen and just move on
0: yeah don't file any paperwork or anything it's like New York corpses don't draw attention here
1: (laughs) which at that point I'm kind of like uh, on the New York cop side like man all you guys come here is make trouble that we have to clean up and they're totally right
0: yeah it's like 500 pounds of dead meat we got to move around (laughs) now Cause you guys get in a shootout in a in a bar where apparently nobody calls the cops and nobody. I mean, it's not followed up. This whole episode is essentially yeah. They don't
1: they don't break the cover either. Like no. you know, it's like yeah, hey, we just shot a couple of guys dead.
0: Yeah, we're still in the game. You know, it's like what? <laughs> Wait, our assassins were killed by you. It's now nah, we're not cops, but yeah, that's that's some of the 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 wonderful illogic of Miami Vice that makes it fun. I mean, this like I said, this episode is essentially a giant shootout and explosions. Yeah, like that, this, both this these p-
1: episodes. I don't really know what's going on the whole time. And the, the only thing that's interesting is like when we get to like that boardroom guy, and that's the only thing, like, oh, this is what this whole thing's
0: about. Yeah, that almost like, makes yeah, we'll up get... for kind of the silliness of the rest of the second yeah. part. It's like, uh, ah, the well. face of evil that's still <laughs> in America, it's not changed, it's the same no. guy. Oh, and uh, by I the way, the go- shootouts in this movie, though, or this show, the way it was explained to me was they shot extended shootout scenes, and to sit down and watch it like I did as one shot on a DVD, like they put all the scenes in. I guess for the actual broadcast presentation, the shootout scenes were chopped down quite a bit. But huh. uh, for some reason in this presentation, they were just like, show them in, you know, all their glory, a full scene. Because huh. the shootout where. In the apartment where they find Penn is like, oh, that goes on for like 12 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that wasn't how it was broadcast. But they just threw it all in on the DVD I have. So, Huh.
1: That's yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah, I looked that up because even to me it was like, oh, come on. How, these guys are going to run out of bullets. They're just going to start <laughs> punching each other pretty soon because they've literally like sh- they're going to shoot this building so much it's going to become structurally dangerous. <laughs>
1: And Crockett goes to get his gun back from Margaret, and Margaret's all weird and controlling. She says she likes guns. Crockett gets his Brent 10 back. (laughs) Tubbs meets up with Pam Greer. Their relationship remains contentious. Uh, Yeah, this is where uh, I think we cut back to Margaret, and I think she mentions she says she's not an adrenaline junkie, which, like, how long has that term been kicking
0: around? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I didn't think about that one.
1: (laughs) So I kind of felt like that was like a 90s term but here it's an 85 so it's probably has to even come before this so
0: maybe this show made it up
1: yeah maybe uh. crockett and Tubbs do some night driving to some music so yep kind of kind of going back to the era of night kind of thing there's a diver swimming with drugs to the shore <laughs> That was like kind of neat scenes like what's going on he's like basically using cocaine as a buoy <laughs> it's like it's and it's at night, so it's like kind of hard to see, so it's kind of revealed. It's like, oh, that's cocaine. and he's a, a,
0: The only weird um, thing about that plan is this guy's in a wetsuit, and he just gets in his car in a wetsuit and starts driving. <laughs> it's like, if you get pulled over, any cop that has a brain in his head is going to be like, hold on, we're searching this car. You're driving around New York City in a wetsuit. In the 80s in New York City, which means your skin's going to start coming off pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, because the East River was mostly pollution back then. But yeah, that was kind of like, I noticed I was like, yeah, that's not obvious. Like, you committing any crimes, sir? <laughs> sure. No, I just like to wear this suit that would be blazing hot uh, in any time of the year.
1: But they follow the diver when he switches to a car. Tubbs and Crockett steal the drugs, and then they blow the place up. Yeah, which they is put a great. bomb
0: in the building that, like,. I mean, it's a dump. It's in the middle of nowhere in New York, yeah. I get, But it's still in New York City, I'm assuming. It's like, we're going to blow this building up. It's like, again, like there's no consideration given to people that might live around there or something. It's like, no, blow yeah. it up. Yeah. It'll and, cool. and again, also
1: makes yeah, this also makes the New York cops seem less like It's like, no, they're right. These guys are dangerous. Yeah,
0: it's just <laughs> lunatics. They're just leaving corpses everywhere, blowing up buildings. This isn't police work. That's terrorism. <laughs>
1: Uh, but this catches the cartel's attention, and they want like to they want to meet up. Which that uh, couldn't some,
0: possibly go wrong. <laughs>
1: uh, there's some ADR where they're wondering why the cops like don't want to bust the cartel. Uh, it's but it's like the only time. I mean, I think it's like obvious, but here they just kind of put it like in some ADR lines to make it like, well, they better ponder this because they haven't stated it out loud yet. So yeah, so they just put it in some ADR.
0: But are these guys stupid? <laughs> 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 no, we thought about it, but we're still gonna go to these meets and just walk around the city.
1: Uh, this is they like go to pigeonettes, like weird studio apartment with art pieces all over yeah. the place. Art
0: apartment, like every yeah. that's, and that's every New York apartment in the '80s, by the way. it yeah, actually yeah. looks like that, and according to TVs and movies, not Yeah, probably. this is like the this is
1: like the big apartment. <laughs> yeah,
0: these are like the apartments where it's like you could have a football game in them. Yeah. You know huge.
1: How much is rent? Oh, it's $500. (laughs) Rent control, baby. (laughs) And then the, the elevator opens up, and Jimmy's dead in the elevator, just, like, shot in the head. Yeah. Uh, but then there's a dude in the elevator, and he pops out with a submachine gun. And then people just start popping up out of no, everywhere and start shooting up the
0: place. Yeah, so. like, what's the go signal? They could have shot these guys in the back, like, at any time. <laughs> but now we're going to have a, a dramatic entry where someone's firing, in like, a Uzi or a Mac. I think it a Mac, it's always Mac 10s in this. But. Yeah, yeah. Firing a Mac or a Mac ten out of an elevator on full auto in an apartment in the middle of New York. What's that guy? I hope he had hearing. Hearing. Points. Yeah, because he's like, "What? I'm supposed to do what? I just fired a machine gun in a metal box. <laughs> I have no hearing. I guess gonna have to have like one of those old fashioned ear horns. Yeah. Uh, and then Tubbs, instead of his trusty double
1: barreled sawn off shotgun, he has like a sawn off pump action shotgun. Yeah probably has like i don't know maybe like four shells in
0: it well in this universe it's like you know yeah he can shoot uh i think they do show him reloading in this okay because i know they do because michael mann's always about that because like in heat that was a thing you got to reload you got to action the gun you got to you know these things can't be shown as just bottomless magazines
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean four is better than two so (laughs) yeah yeah
0: and it's a shotgun in indoors yeah. Again, all these guys should be shouting at the end of this like, <laughs> did you get him? What? <laughs> Their ears would be bleeding. <laughs>
1: and then like they it gets chase there's like a chase to the outside and there's like a truck beeping at these guys and then and then like Tubbs gets an upper hand on him and shoots one guy and the other guy just is either already dead or he
0: knocked him out or something. Yeah. Um and
1: then what Crockett just kind of runs away, just kind of get the scene kind of just ends. They you know? <laughs> don't well, Crockett's
0: um, got his adrenaline up, so, or, so, so, oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what happened, because.
1: Well, because next, because Tubbs goes to Pam Greer. Yeah, and yeah then, that's what and I was going
0: to say. Like, Tubbs gets his adrenaline up. It's like, I got to find Pam Greer. I got to yeah. do something with all this energy. And they have, like, a 30-minute <laughs> f- sex scene. And.
1: uh well he, well, he goes to her place, and she's, like, undercover, and she's, like, sleeping with some, like, Mob boss or whatever oh, yeah, to keep right. her that's cover. Right. Or Frank Sacco is the guy. Yeah, Sacco. And then Sacco gets in a shootout with, with Tubbs, and he kills that guy too. <laughs> and then Bam like, pulls a gun on him and tells him to get out of there. Uh And then like Tubbs and Crockett are like accost Margaret, and they're they're like, "Hey, tell us the truth," because <laughs> she still thinks they're like drug dealers. So like she might she might think that they're, they that they'll that they're gonna kill her. <laughs> And then she's some sort of like information broker, and uh, now she's caught up in drugs and guns and stuff. So she doesn't like that. She's used to just selling off like state secrets or whatever. Yeah, she's
0: a meet and greet gal. It's like, yeah, just you two talk and do your evil stuff, and I'll take a percentage. That doesn't make me as bad. You know, that's that's kind of her role.
1: Uh, and then and then she gives up a name. That's like, here's what's everything is behind this, which weren't led to it. It just pops up.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really like bear anything on the story it's like well we kind of figured that
1: yeah uh so they meet up with this business guy's jj johnston and like he knows everything about him or at least he knows their bank account and they're basically broke cops yeah (laughs) which is not good if you want integrity in your police force
0: yeah yeah like the one guy has (laughs) like six thousand dollars in his ira and and the other guy has like five hundred dollars in the bank and that's it you know it's (laughs) like yeah
1: and then, like, yeah, J.J. Johnson is, like, basically, like, he's doing subprime mortgages to cartels. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> they're asking him, like, how does this work? Uh, what, what are you doing? And it's like, well, we're the banks. We control everything. Yeah, Criminals need money, too. And it's lucrative because we can, you know, we can screw them. We can charge them 30% interest because who else is going to give them money? They're criminals, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically why the New York t- like police don't want anything to do with this because it's just business as usual for wall street so it's like oh wall street's in because we already we already had this thing in season one but here they just make it more like nefarious and far-reaching
0: yeah i mean it's always like that's what these tv shows do they have the impossible meeting that never happens in real life where the guy just tells you everything because yeah. he's proud of it like that never happens and you don't say <laughs> it to cops either that you, you don't even say that under grand jury indictment. You always <laughs> wiggle and wobble and, uh, but yeah, here it's like it's one of those classic scenes. It's like yeah, this money runs this country and we're the money, and that's all it is. It's never been anything else. And, and I thought there might have
1: been something weird with this actor. I thought it was like maybe like some young actor and old guy makeup. But no, that guy was like sixty at the time. Yeah, he was. Uh, I forgot. Was to like his. Li- it's one of his last was like roles. His la- yeah. yeah, his last role. He died the same year. Uh, he had cancer
0: when this was filmed. Oh, okay. That's why he looked like probably like, yeah, we want this. This guy has this look. It's just like he, he's like the emperor in Star Wars or something. Just an evil, decrepit. I think this came out probably before Return of the Jedi, but, you know, whatever. He's like the dead hand. Yeah. Of, yeah. of evil in this country, which is like we always revisit this topic in America. We did it in movies in the 60s and the 70s and the TV in the 80s. We're still doing it now and it never changes. Yes, yeah, This yeah. song remains the same. <laughs> it's always the same.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause this is like the basically the best part of this whole like two episodes.
0: Yeah. This, like, I, I did like this it, scene. It's like, oh, this and, is and cool. seeing this.
1: Oh, and seeing the scene is like watching network. It's like, oh, God, it's still relevant. No. <laughs>
0: You're messing with the forces of nature. Only <laughs> well, I mean, it's not Ned Beatty doing it. It's some guy on death's door, but it's just as effective. It's like, yeah, this is the same same song and dance. And it's uh, also and some... true. It's not like uh, yeah. fictional. It's like, no, this is really how a lot of things work. <laughs> but the guys just don't come out and say it because they don't want to go to prison the rest of their lives.
1: <laughs> and Tubbs and Crockett meet up with the cartel, and then Pam Greer shows up for some reason and there's a firefight. Yeah,
0: there's a stupid firefight because <laughs> she shows up and fires like her four shot Derringer and hits a guy in the neck at 200 yards or something. It's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's like way more guys that are better armed than all three of them and yeah. like they, they win the day.
0: Yeah, these guys have like fully automatic weapons and stuff. Some guy has like an M16, like a big gun or something. Maybe I'm I, remiss- I like the with-
1: over there's like it's some fountain thing or whatever this one guy like runs up gets shot the next guy runs up hops over the dead guy there's plenty of room he didn't need to do
0: that (laughs) yes he gets shot yeah get in that that fountain get wet get behind some (laughs) some blocks of uh concrete and just spray these people down with (laughs) machine gun get on Uh, your knee get on your belly and just start spraying at their legs you know (laughs) It's one of those silly shootouts and it gets even dumber. It really oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah cr- The shark got, cr- fully is out of the water <laughs> by this well, one. Well,
1: this is this is akin to the first season where it's like they have like the Colombian cartel guy uh and then he runs off in a seaplane and like that's like you know, it kind of intimates that like okay, that's a season long villain but they can't get it. There it's more like the judges let him go rather than the 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 chase didn't happen. Here it's a chase. The guy gets in a helicopter, starts to run off, and then, and then Crockett with his handgun, is Brenton. so
0: he <laughs> it is down a ten millimeter helicopter. handgun,
1: shoots down the helicopter.
0: I mean, it doesn't immediately happen. Like uh, they well, they, th- they put some this, engine sounds tension. in there, like
1: well, and there's this tension where he like. Turns the helicopter back around like he's gonna crash it into Crockett. Yeah, it's like all right, we're both going out then. But then he misses, and then it just blows off, blows up off screen. So.
0: Yeah, it would have been better if he just like fired into the cockpit of the helicopter when it was taken off and hit the guy, and he slumped over, and then the helicopter yeah. winds down instead of him. Yeah, because you get the, the him
1: dying and you have like the <laughs> whir, whir, whir yeah. sound of the helicopter and like the helicopter winding down is him dying also. It's like his heartbeat is the helicopter sound. Yeah. That would have worked as well. But yeah. yeah,
0: this was just silly. I don't know if you can shoot down a ha- helicopter with a handgun. I don't see it as being likely. <laughs> but it's not an armored hell. It wasn't like he shot down an Apache or something. But still, no. it's like, I know it's just a big giant spinning turbo in there. And if you hit it and it chunks, blows chunks off of it, it'll just grind the turbo to a stop. But I still think that's hard to achieve with a handgun underneath <laughs> from like 150 or 200 yards. I
1: mean, that's just how good Crockett is, man. <laughs> you can take down a helicopter with a handgun.
0: I'm getting a Bren 10. I'm already on the gunbroker.com. This is my anti air Bren 10. <laughs> just shooting them down. You ever fired a 10 millimeter handgun? No, it's atrocious. Don't do it. I fired a Glock. It was, one, it was just like a. It was like the uh, 50 cal eagle. I fired it once and put it down. I was like, "Thank you." And now I can say I've done it. <laughs> it's ferocious recoil. It's not, <laughs> not fun. I guess you have to train to do it. I don't. You know, I have big, heavy caliber guns that I shoot, but they're like giant revolvers that weigh two pounds, so they're kind of like built around that. I don't yeah. like that. Fire the biggest gun you can. I leave that to Kentucky Ballistics. Like you just do it for <laughs> me, and I'll watch because you got arms as big around as my legs, so you can do this. But yeah, ten millimeters no fun.
1: Then we cut uh, some sex with, between yeah tubs and this is and okay. This is the panger.
0: thirty minute sex scene I was talking about. Yeah,
1: and you get in Phil Collins, <laughs> the, the "Take yeah. Me Home."
0: <laughs> yes, Cause yes,
1: because this, this is like you know they're because then both Tubbs and Crockett go back to Miami. Uh, so this is like you know an app song. It's like take take because they're going back to Miami. That's their home. Because there's like there's a bit of a question as to whether Tubbs. Tubbs is going to stay in New York and maybe be a cop there. Yeah. And so this is like him and Pam Greer, like this is kind of
0: their last hurrah. It's like, ah, this isn't going to work. Yeah, it was it was nice. That was fun to see Pam Greer. Um,
1: and then they get back to Miami and they're immediately back to work like Castillo's got some stuff for them. But here we introduce that Gina's alive and on her feet. It's, yeah. Ah, it's, all, it's all going to work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess she got, sh- I thought she took one in the neck. I think she did, yeah. but it also shattered her collarbone.
1: Yeah, they have some. Yeah, they have some bandages on her neck, but she also has like her arm in a sling. But
0: I just, I thought, you know, it was always up in the air. Like, well, she might yeah. die. I, I don't, I didn't actually remember because I've seen all these before, but I haven't. I only watch them in series for the show, so it's been a few years. And yeah, um, this had the most uh, music in it of any Miami Vice episode, double or single. It had yeah. 15 different songs in addition to the Jan Hammer stuff. <laughs> um, so it had over 24 songs.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it was that one where there was it was like three songs all blended on top of each other. So this was also yeah.
0: released as a, as a standalone VHS movie, huh? Okay, and it was sold as its own thing. And this was the second of three movie length Miami Vice TV shows that aired on Sunday. The pilot, this one, and there's going to be another one coming up okay. uh, a few seasons down.
1: But yeah it it does the Miamis vice stuff, but I thought these were pretty messy episodes. like yeah. I don't know like what we're supposed to be like I don't know what we're supposed to be like worried about. It's like oh, they're just investing in crime stuff. Uh, well, villain, here's here's
0: what I besides the speech at the end and some of the ridiculous yeah. shootouts, um what stood out to me is like they had the framework of a couple episodes here, and I don't know how all this come together. Came, uh, come together how all this came together. But it seems like they had the bones of a story they wanted to tell, and then it got extended. And it's like, let's throw some big scenes in. Yeah. And they almost didn't like the puzzle pieces. You know, when you put the wrong puzzle pieces together and they look close, but they don't quite match. It seemed like a lot of this didn't quite match. I mean, it told. It wasn't a nonsensical out-of-order story that didn't make any sense, but it seemed like they horned some big stuff in there with it. It's like, oh, okay. There must have well, been got- some last-minute like adjustments to this
1: well it's like well at the end there's like basically there's supposed to be like three villains but we're really supposed to be like the is supposed to be like the cartel villain yeah and they even give him a big moment where he's like on a rooftop and he's like we should have a meeting and like, like the camera pulls back yeah, like yeah. a thousand feet so but it's like who's this guy <laughs> it's like i still don't know his name he's just supposed to, he just kind of vaguely resembles the guy from the first call the rome from the first season <laughs> Yeah, because his
0: only other movie in the show was when the shootout was about to start, and he's like, "Okay, time to die." You know, that was, was like he had like two good lines, and and yeah, it didn't all hang. Together. And then like
1: the cops are supposed to be bad guys too, but like like I said, they seem more sympathetic because and Crockett are shooting up New York. Yeah, it's
0: just it's just like wow, what holes? It's like no, no, they just like they've buried, they filled the graves here. We we we're gonna have to take these people out to that island of unclaimed bodies that they've had in New York for like seventy years or whatever, where where all the abortions and unclaimed bodies get buried. What's it called, Heart Island or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, like
1: and then and then like the and then the Wall Street guys, the only one that like stands out because it's like a good scene. But then like that's the only moment. Like it's never like oh this is going on in the background. that that's that's the reveal. And then that's kind of it. And then, like, then it's like, and then you have the shootout with the cartel and the show's over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, ah, back to Miami. We're done with this New York stuff.
0: Yeah. This this place is too complicated for us. <laughs> There's not enough bare chested women around here and boats. We'll,
1: we'll leave this to whatever 80s cop drama in New York was going on at the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure there was one. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. If you like what you heard, and how couldn't you? You can find this podcast whatever podcast service of your choice you can rate us whatever you want but the only thing you listen to is the the only thing that gets listened to is the highest rating because remember you control the algorithm the algorithm doesn't control you um you can find this podcast at anchor.fm slash verhoeven effect uh there we have listener support where you can support this podcast on a monthly stipend of 99 cents a month 4.99 or 9.99 uh we're also on twitter at verhoeven effect facebook verhoeven effect we have another podcast called American Greed Factory. Uh, you can find that at various podcast places, but you can also find it on on YouTube. Um, we watch both that show and this show live and unedited. Um, we also have t-shirts at
0: belowthecollar.com slash greed factory. So for the Varylan
1: effect, this is Colin.
0: And this is Nathan.
1: Goodbye, America.